Leave the microphone alone. It's fine. There's no fluff on it. It's because a cat came in here last night. There was a cat in here all night. And she's had a poo down there and she's wiped herself all over the microphone. Let's just start the show. Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... Yeah, something I've never done before, but I'm quite excited at this challenge. I don't feel so prepared. Is that a challenge or is it a strange, bizarre, painful experiment? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's Complete <laughs> suffering, I think. But, yeah. you know, good way to test the body. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. I'm fired up. I'm ready. I am vaccinated, baby. I... I'm ready to rock. Did I mention that, Peter? I'm vaccinated. I am immune now. This is good. This is good. I'm feeling a little bit spacey after yesterday, but I'm all right. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. How, how was the vaccine for you? Good. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all, actually. In and out. i tell you something. The queue was absolutely massive when I rocked up. I thought, this is going to take forever. And they just whizzed through it. Quick jab in the arm. Yeah, feeling good. Little bit spacey. Little bit spacey. So just bear with me if there's kind of prolonged pauses during today's show. <laughs> I'm just coming back round. But otherwise, I'm okay. Anyway, listen, we need to crack on today because we have an awesome show lined up for you. And it's a full show. It's a very full show. We're bringing guests from all over, inspiring marathon runners, this is going to be great. And you may recall from episode 65, we spoke with Ross Braden. Really nice guy, super talented runner. And he was taking part in his first ever marathon, which originally was going to be the Wrexham Elite Marathon. The event was due to take place on the 25th of April, which it did, but it was actually moved last minute to the uh, Cheshire Elite Marathon. And when we spoke to Ross on the show initially, he was up for coming back on the show and chatting with us and I caught up with him before and after the event. Now let's just put this in perspective this is not only Ross's first ever marathon but he was targeting a time of two hours and 20 minutes. I mean I I can't even get my head around that. Just phenomenal stuff. Here's what happened when I caught up with him on the morning of the event. Good morning. (laughs) You sound alive and well. That was a very positive hello. How are you, Ross? I'm good. Feeling ready. You are sounding like you've been awake hours. How did you sleep last night? Woke up a few times, but like a kid on Christmas, just waiting, waiting for the hours till I could actually get up. But yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm excited for you. This is going to be amazing. It's so funny, isn't it, when you're looking forward to something that night before, it just keeps popping into your head. You keep waking up. That's great that you're feeling so good. Uh, breakfast, what's on the menu today? Have you eaten? What's the plan? Yeah, just finished a, a nice bowl of porridge. I'm having a cup of tea now and yeah, that's it really. What's the conditions looking like, Ross? Obviously, there's been a few changes to this elite marathon now. It's not a million miles away from where it was going to be staged, is it? What's what's the deal? So yeah, it's moved from Wrexham to uh, Chester, just on the English side of the border. But yeah, conditions are perfect. We went for a little jog around the course yesterday. We tried to find any hills, but there were no hills, so it's flat as can be. And um, yeah, looking out the window looks pretty still, so... Perfect conditions. Man, now is the time to execute. This is ace. And it's a lapped course, isn't it? How do you feel about that? It doesn't doesn't work for everybody, does it? But I think there's a lot of people uh, that kind of like the idea of ticking off the laps in their mind. Well, yeah, I did I did a lot of uh, track races as a, as a junior and, and when you're in years, and it's uh, seven and a half laps. So I'm just, in my mind, that's the same amount of laps as a 3K. So just thinking, all right, tick on the laps like that and... Uh, yeah, I think I think um, I'll probably have a different view on laps by the end of it. But at the moment, I don't feel I don't mind laps. I do all my training laps and laps and laps of park, so it's pretty much what I've been practicing. So yeah, I don't mind it too much. Hey, that's exactly it, isn't it? You've got to 
practice in training what you're expecting to experience on the day so that's a really logical way to train and prepare yourself uh, what fueling strategy wise ross any last minute changes or are you sticking to your game plan and, and what are you intending on doing how are you going to fuel it we had a few problems with um gels i think i mentioned last time i was sort of getting stitches um so i've now gone to mainly the uh like the drink sachets so i've got i've got about 10 bottles that are going to be placed i've got backups and backups so that if i miss any bottles i've got plenty of others which is obviously the, the benefit of that so um yeah it'll be it'll be a gel after five and then a a sip of some drink every lap after that, I think. Listen, don't do a Mo Farah and be fumbling with your drinks bottle, man. You got you got a race to smash today. You need to be uh, you need to be focused. What's the target then, Ross? How, I mean, obviously we spoke last time we had you on the on the podcast. Uh, what has have things changed? Are you still targeting the same time? What's your feelings? I'm going to tell you exactly how the race is going to pan out. Please go happen. for it. And, and I'm not going to be silly. And I'm not going to pace it silly. So uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll see how much of this comes true after. But um, Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go out just outside 70 minutes for the first half, which is 220 pace. Um, and then basically, hopefully stick with that to about 20 miles and then try and pick it up and just try and bring some time back and hopefully feel good and pick people off the last 10K. So yeah, basically just don't want to get to 20 absolutely dead. I want to be able to pick up. So uh, yeah, no, oh, no silly miles to begin with. And uh, a negative split race is what I'm aiming for. Oh, good man. Well, it sounds like your coach is doing his job and getting that drilled into you. That's, that's amazing because it's it feels like, as you all know, it feels like you're going forwards, doesn't it, when you are starting to pick people off towards the latter part of any race and especially something like a marathon that's so flipping long. You want to be feeling, you know, not amazing at 20 miles, but you want to be up for the challenge ahead. Kind of viewing it as, as, as two races, as they say, a 20-mile race and a six-mile race. So I, I can't wait to see how this is this is going to unfold. I think I think it's going to be amazing, and it is about being patient, isn't it? So, and are you chasing are you chasing position particularly here, Ross, or is it is it more about time today for you? Obviously, it's your first one, but having spoken to you last time, we know that you've trained for quite a few marathons, just not being able to actually do them because of COVID. So, is it is it time or is it is it position? What's the main goal? I think the main goal is still time, but when I get to 20 miles there will be it will just be chasing people down it's not going to be oh i'm trying to run this pace now it's right it's it's game time now let's let's try and bring some people back and catch them up um i've got a friend of mine that did all my training with and he'll he'll be sort of going out at a quicker pace so i'm hoping to try and catch him towards the end and, and have a little battle there but yeah, we'll see. Oh, I love it. And if you got a, a particular mantra or a place that you go to in your mind, you know when the going gets tough, when you're in those latter few miles and you're looking at picking people off and, and hanging in there, is it is it just mental resilience? Have you got a particular mantra you use or, or tactic? Yeah, it's actually um, something I picked up from a book. It's called How Bad Do You Want It? And it's just, you basically got to question yourself, like, how bad do you want this? Like, do you want to really dig deep and find everything? Like, is this, does this mean enough to you to dig all every bit of uh, energy out and absolutely smash it so um yeah that will that will be what will be going through my mind as i'm no doubt <laughs> feeling the pain in the last few miles well listen i'm, I'm not going to keep you too long now because i know you i'm mindful of you getting in the right headspace and stuff but i'm going to ask you that question now ross how bad do you want it i want it pretty damn bad yeah that's the answer. That's the answer we're looking for. Are you going to warm up? Are you doing a bit of a warm up before you hit the course? Yes, I think the kind of HQ is about a mile from the start, so we'll do about a mile jog. And that'll, that'll be it, really. And then just get in the headspace and then just got to execute it. Just got to not do anything silly and 
keep to the race plan that I've I've said to you and will be <laughs> recorded so that I can look back and go right. Even in the morning, I said I was going to stick to the race plan. So good man. Let's hope I do it. Hey, well, the fitness is there. We know that. So it's about execution now, isn't it? And, and you know, the stars are lining on the day and in the race. We know that that's important. But that should give you a huge amount of confidence because you're feeling really good, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, the, the last kind of big week of training I had, um, I hit sessions. So I had a little wobble where I thought I was not quite in good shape as I, I'd hoped to be. And then my last week of sessions, I really hit, hit like I really nailed them. So that was just a big confidence boost of, yeah, you are in shape calm down you've, you've done the work kind of thing so i know it's all there it's all banks just uh just gotta find that performance on the day ross we're all behind you go and smash it uh 8 30 kickoff you're gonna catch up with us afterwards can we, we put in a quick call to you yeah it's, it's gonna happen it, we almost don't need a call because it's gonna happen exactly as i said it's gonna all go 100 <laughs> to plan it's, it's yeah i can basically tell you now so yeah but we'll uh We'll go over and confirm that it did happen, as I said, and it'll be good. Awesome. Just send me a calendar invite for the exact time that you're going to finish and that we're going to speak, because, of course, it's going to run like clockwork. I love it. I love the confidence. Listen, go and enjoy it. That's the most important thing. We're all behind you, and we'll catch up a bit later. Cheers. Good to speak to you. Stick around, because we'll be catching up with Ross a little bit later on the show to find out exactly how the Wrexham Elite Marathon went. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. I am super excited today to be speaking to Jenny Spink, winner of the 2019 Manchester Marathon. Amazing. Can't wait to get into how your training went for that race, what you're doing at the moment. It's going to be awesome. But of course, the first question we have to ask anybody when we're from the UK and we're speaking to somebody in Spain is, what's the weather like over there now? Well, today's really sunny. Surprise, surprise. But it's, yeah, it's cold in the mornings. Um, it's going up to 21 today. I think I think we're 20. Highs of 20 today, Pete, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're okay today. We're going to be okay, yeah. It's not bad. I'll have to stay inside because otherwise I'll go red like a lobster. That's what happens. <laughs> Jen, how long have you been over in Spain and how do you find running in the climate over there? Is it easy for you? Did you take to it straight away or is it something you've had to kind of adjust to? Oh, we've been here for four years now. Um, obviously... Uh, the climate is better, but in the summer, it's very uh, tough because <laughs> it's so hot. So um, most of the year is great for training, but i say August is too much. So either you have to get up at six in the morning, do your first run then, and then run again at nine at night, or you escape to the mountains, which is what we often do, or come back to the UK for that month because, yeah, it's pretty unbearable. Um, yeah, there's not enough water stops. <laughs> you just Yeah, just so hot. And you mentioned the mountains. I've seen you do quite well. I saw you in, in Manchester in 2019 and I've seen a lot of you do kind of the road races representing Great Britain and things. Do you, do you hit the trails? Do you like the off-road as well? Or do you spend a lot of your time on the road? Or how do, how do you mix up your training typically? Most of my running is off-road, actually. Um, we're quite lucky here because um, there's a trail that's flat. It's a disused railway line that goes 50k in one direction towards the mountains or 50k in the other direction to the coast. So typically I do most of my runs on that, long runs on that, especially if I've got a hit pace. But then we've got incredible hills out the back of where I live, which um, are pretty steep, quite technical, but great fun. So, yeah, I mix it up. What, what, how's things been in Spain? Obviously, we know the situation at the moment. Last 12 months beyond has been a bit sticky. I understand, if the reports are true, that Spain have had a pretty rough time of it. H- how's it affected you and your training over there? First lockdown was pretty horrible. <laughs> Uh, because we weren't allowed out the house um, at all. Well, we could go to the supermarket, 
um, or the doctors. But aside from that, we were having to stay inside. We had police driving around, so you couldn't even escape. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't run. I didn't have a treadmill. Um, so it was quite hard mentally. And we live in a small flat, so we're all cooped up, which is my worst nightmare. But you know, you do what you can. I had to homeschool my son. So that was a good distraction. And uh, then you do what you can with exercise. So I have a TRX, so I was doing that. Um, managed to get a bike from someone. So I was on the turbo a bit. And then, yeah, doing some crazy hit workouts, whatever I could. We've got boxing gloves too. Did some of that. That was very helpful. Anything. I'll do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Just need to get the heart rate up. Exactly. Skipping was good too. I did a lot of that. Good for ground contact time with the running. That's no bad thing. How how long did you spend kind of, you know, cooped up as it were in lockdown? How long did this go on for? It probably felt like forever, but what was the... Two and a half months. Really hard for the kids as well, because most... People don't have gardens. Most people live in flats in Spain because you're outside all the time. And they weren't even allowed to go to the supermarket. So it was, yeah, getting to the point where it was just, yeah, a bit too much for everyone. But now we're very thankful for our freedom and making the most of every minute. You mentioned um, you're a mom, very busy. I understand you teach English as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So clearly spinning some plates, I mean, out of lockdown, you know, kind of pre-lockdown and whatnot, how do you spin the plates Jen, do you have kind of certain like techniques and and ways of working? Is it just down to diary management? Do you just prioritize your your time well? I mean, you you must put in a lot of hours of training and not you know not outside of the running as well. You know, kind of the the holistic stuff that we need to do to look after ourselves. How do you manage to spin all those plates? Oh, it's mainly just being organised, and it's it's what you decide is important in your life. And if you've got a goal that you want to achieve, then you make time to do it. And I've found that actually, even if you're a busy person, that's no bad thing necessarily because the sessions that you do do have to count because you don't have a choice of doing it again later or or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, also I say, I'd say it helps perspective um, because running can't be your your whole life because there are other things going on and that's no bad thing either. Um, and then it's being adaptable really. I think that's been the key thing throughout you know you you have your training plan um and yeah it's great if you can hit everything that's written down there but there are days where it's not possible and you just have to adapt if you haven't slept then maybe you might switch things around and just run easy the next day or um if your child's off sick and you just (laughs) you can't leave them you can't get out you've just got to go with it do something else that you can do in the house and, and and roll with it um, but yeah, I'd say being organised and being adaptable have been two key things, really. Yeah, being adaptable, so key. And, and do you think that's just purely down to mindset, kind of having an open mind with your training and, and perhaps the expectations that you have of yourself? How do you manage the pressure you put on yourself? Or are you pretty good at that? I don't mind pressure at all, really. But I'd say what I typically my personality is somebody that likes to finish a job. So I still have that battle with like, oh, but the training plan says this and there's like this dialogue going on in my head. And then then I have to talk sense to myself. If like, for example, if something's hurting, it's like, oh, but this, the session's meant to be 400s today. It's like, no, Jenny, just get a grip. We've been here before. I think because I've been running for so many years now, you you learn the hard way early on and you just have to remind yourself that you don't want to make that mistake again and and um, switch things around and 
yeah, be sensible. Well, let's talk about something super positive. Career highs. What's some of the biggest, or what's the biggest memory for you that you're just so proud of? The biggest achievement that stands out when I ask that question? I'd say it was the most recent marathon, actually, uh, which was 2019. Yeah, in Frankfurt. Um, running to, yeah, running 231 uh, was just something I never thought I could achieve. So, yeah, an incredible feeling. And also, I guess, because I'd had some setbacks before, um, I never knew for sure if I'd be able to run fast times again. And to hit 2.31 was just, yeah, my dreams came true. I have actually had a poster made of that one. (laughs) A nice, like, print with the, the time, and I'm not someone that would normally do that, but I just feel like that is a moment that, I feel proud of because it's been a long slog to get there and it was a day when it just came right and there's a photo I think and my face does look like it's like radiating light because I'm just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that Jen because this is something I wanted to get into actually in talking to you. You just seem from what I, it's the first time we've spoken but we've got you yeah. on zoom now we can see you on the screen. You just seem so happy all the time. Even when you're in a race and I'm looking at you, I saw you in Manchester 2000, was it 2019? It would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I saw you in that race and I'm thinking, is she? Is, she, is that a grimace? Is that a smile? <laughs> I can't tell. I don't, she just looks happy. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Do, do, do you have certain ways of dealing with, uh, we'll talk marathons now, but the inevitable difficulties that one experiences in a race when the going gets tough and and often it's kind of riding the highs and the lows you feel bad you feel okay you feel bad you feel okay hopefully get to the line in one piece and with the time you want do you have certain techniques and ways of dealing with things when the going gets tough definitely um yes it's often distraction techniques i'd say uh in the marathon um so if you're having a rough patch sometimes it's helpful to just think about your technique Think about keeping a high cadence. Am I am I standing tall? Am I using my arms well? That's quite a good distraction <clears throat> for um, the time. Other other moments, like I'm counting down the kilometers, and say, for example, if it's the 10k to go, I might visualize a running route that I do all the time at, back home, and it's just like, yeah, I can do this. This is okay. Um, yeah, smiling does help, I believe. <laughs> I think it can can trick your brain a little bit, but I don't intentionally smile. I don't tell myself smile. I just naturally do because I'm so happy, happy to be racing. I think sometimes it is a grimace, um, but yeah, that's just the way I run. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to be using some of these techniques in my next, I've got a quite a tough challenge coming up. Uh, it's a mountain race uphill 20k and I'm I'm going to be using all the mental <laughs> tricks in the box because it's going to be hard whereabouts is that Jen? it's up the colder colder pal so it's the highest mountain in Catalonia uh, on the road bottom to top five trail runners five I think yeah no, there's five of us five women so a mixture of trail and road runners and they want to see who will win the roadies or the trail runners uh, my gosh head to head this is yeah, awesome yeah. yeah something i've never done before but i'm quite excited at this 
challenge. I don't feel so prepared, but yeah, I will be trying every single challenge. In the is that a challenge or is it a strange, bizarre, painful experiment? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, <laughs> Complete <laughs> suffering, I think, but yeah. you know, good way to test the body. <laughs> As long as you keep smiling, Jenny, that's all it's about. Smile and wave, smile and wave. <laughs> I'm going to stand up there on the path taking pictures going, right, that, that was a grimace. That was definitely not a smile. She looks very annoyed there. <laughs> this stuff's going viral, trust me on this. I love speaking to people like yourself on the podcast because I just find it fascinating to, to understand people at your level, how they train and the, the and also the, the kind of, the challenges that you experience that, the rest of us experience when I, when I when we have guests on the show i have a whatsapp group for my runners that coach and i often drop a message in there and say guys we're speaking with jenny spink this morning have you got any questions any anything you want me to ask and quite a few people there was jack in particular who wants to know jack's running his first marathon in manchester this year or being well if everything goes to plan yeah and he wants to know how you would break down a race do you okay. bro- do you have certain techniques to break down the marathon rather than think oh, right 26 miles the gun goes I've just got 26 miles to run what strategy do you use yeah I, I do break it down into 5k's uh, so and the same with long runs often I will think in 5k's uh, just get through this 5k and then focus on the next one and, and I've known in the past like where I've uh, typically slowed down a bit so that's one I've really concentrated can't let it go in this point at this point um yeah i'd say that really helps but then also mixing it up with um so every 8k i'd take a gel (laughs) so that's another distraction it's like right get to the 8k have the gel and yeah it it really helps because if you think of the whole thing it's just it's too it's too much isn't it so bit by bit now recently the olympic trials tokyo olympics Hopefully it's going to go ahead. It sounds like it's going to be slightly different this time around uh, as an experience. But you were due to be in Kew Gardens in London, weren't you, at the the Olympic trials yeah. um, to see who was going to be selected to, to, to represent uh, the country in the marathon event. Can you tell me a bit about that? What, what, what happened, Jen, if you don't mind me asking? Was it, was it injury that stopped you? Well, there were a number of things. Um, yeah, first I had a bit of a calf niggle and then I got ill with a cold... <laughs> I then got a knee problem, which I still have uh, struggle going downhill. Thank goodness my next race is uphill. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just get a piggyback at the end. Just get a piggyback back. (laughs) Hoping there's a car at the top. (laughs) Anyhow, um, yeah, so I just wasn't getting the consistent training that you need to be at that level to try and run a qualifying time plus I would have had to quarantine coming over from Spain and my husband works for a cycling team so he's off at races he's there now at races uh, so it it was just too much yeah one physically I wasn't in shape two logistically too much and yeah really sad not to have been there but I knew this a bit before so you know you just accept the fact that it wasn't meant to be how soon did you realise that it was not was not going to happen, or was it was it your coach that encouraged that, or your, your husband, or did you just say you know I, just knew, I know now? You just mm-hmm. know, you just know that if you if you can't do the long runs, you can't hit the pace. It's just not realistic putting yourself in a situation where you're going to feel you're going to be off the back for a start, <laughs> and yeah, for all the stress of travel and everything else, just not not worth it. 
not my not so, meant to be do you think you know watching it it was quite interesting because the commentators were talking quite a bit about they had the men set off and and the women set off uh, and the women set off first didn't they but they were talking about the men eventually were, were going to overtake them do you think that would have had pl- played uh, had a negative or positive impact in the the ladies running you know being overtaken by the men do you think do you think it wouldn't have made any difference because they were talking about this quite a lot i think it would just depend on the individual really i mean I, I wouldn't mind. I'd find it quite inspiring and it's, you know, it was a lap course, so, so, so it breaks it up a bit if you see them going past and see what's going on. But I think um, some women might have been worried that they might have been pushed out the way and find it difficult or be worrying whether they will be able to run the shortest line if there's overtaking going on and, and whatever else. But I think everyone would have known from the technical meeting how it was going to be, so you just have to get on with it and not dwell on it because you've just got to be in in my opinion you've just got to not allow any negativity in in that marathon you've got to push that to one side and and not get distracted by things like that and run your own race but there were some real standout performances and the one that springs to mind and i, I keep watching his interview is chris thompson yeah. who, who won the men's race i mean you, you're smiling now it was just because he's 39 and i think he's going to be 40 when he goes to the olympics um, and I, I believe it's not his first Olympics. Yeah, he, I think he's been to one for 10,000 metres. Yeah, this will be the first. That's right. Yeah. It was a 10,000, wasn't it? But it's so emotional. And it gives me goosebumps now saying yeah. that. I sent the video to you, Pete, didn't I? I, I, keep, I keep sending it to my friends. I know you don't run, but watch this. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's just, you know, you don't always see athletes show that emotion. Uh, and he really did right, you know, right up to the line as you saw. And then the interview afterwards, he was just, he, he couldn't contain himself. I just thought it was so amazing and he didn't expect it at, at his age. I'm interested to know where you're taking things now, what your next goals are, Jenny. Obviously, you mentioned uh, the, the mountain race. Are there other things that you've got in your mind? And what's your relationship with age as we all get older? Do you have certain things that you're thinking about in terms of racing, certain distances? Where are you with it? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I did that PB in Frankfurt at, yeah, 38. 38. I'm now 39. So I was really, really happy to wow. have... Um, to have done that and I didn't know if I could still run a PB so I would say to everyone don't let age be a barrier because I think you can still do incredible things um, as you get older but it may be a case of adapting your training uh, so you can keep going for longer um, I guess for me right now because I've had had these few little setbacks I'm like oh maybe maybe I am getting old so I've had those little like <laughs> moments of negativity but I just think um you know it may be that I'm getting to a point soon where my body can't take the volume of training that I've been doing for all the years years but that doesn't mean I'm still not gonna aim high with things it may just be I was really encouraged hearing Steph Davis's um interview that she does lots of her training on the bike so I think there are other ways of keeping the training going so um in that sense um yeah right now i'm not at peak fitness but i still want to try and get back there i still want to try and run some pbs on the road but i'm also open to other challenges like there's loads of trail races here in spain you know even setting myself some 
long challenges that appeals to me later on in life. Um, maybe some with my husband. Uh, he's an endurance guy, mainly on the bike, but um, it'd be great to do something together eventually. So um, yeah, we'll see. But certainly I can see uh, setting challenges physically will always exist in my life because that's part of who I am. What other adaptations have you made to your training or will you make based on, on age? And I guess what you say there, kind of questioning your, your, I guess, running tolerance. My marathon training has been different over the last three, four years than it was nearer the start of my running journey. Um, and it's changed in the sense that we've not been trying to run like really, really fast times with the shorter efforts, or if I was doing K efforts, so one session might be like eight times a K, but that's not running them flat out, it's running them at my marathon pace or five to 10 seconds quicker than marathon pace. So actually, for me, that doesn't take too much out of my body so I can then recover and then do another good run two days later. And and I think that has been a game changer for me as I've got older because doing high intensity sessions on the track my car my calves would just yeah hate it they they turn to rocks it would yeah I'd have various niggles so I haven't actually done track sessions um for marathon training for the last few years and we've just focused on being able to sustain the marathon pace for longer and yeah in the long runs a midweek long run as well and not absolutely thrashing yourself in the shorter distances too. The last thing I want to ask you, well, it's almost the last thing, actually. It's almost the last thing, is I looked at your... Uh, I was having a look at your results over the years, which is just amazing, so inspiring. And what's really noticeable, particularly over the marathon distance, which is what I was looking at, was your rate of progression and how it's just been very steady and just... You started off, for, if this is accurate, 2004 running 327 for the marathon. Yeah, I, did one, I did one two years before, 339, but that's not on okay. marathon. <laughs> okay, cool, yeah. cool. Which is why I say, yeah, if he's accurate, yeah. I know they're not always. But it's just that, and, and now, what, two hours 31? Yeah. In 2019? I mean, just, it shows to me how long it takes to make the progression and how patient we should be. Mm-hmm. with running those sorts of distances to get the best out of yourself. And it really made me think about, you know, all those newbies in uh, that are perhaps taking on marathons this year and perhaps putting themselves under pressure to break four hours or five hours or three and a half hours or whatever. Actually, it's a learning curve, isn't it? Do you have any thoughts on that, Jen, about kind of the patience over over the months and over the years to achieve achieve your best? Was that something you had in your mind or were you overly ambitious? I'd say the marathon is an absolute beast. <laughs> Sometimes you can have done all the training and it just it just doesn't go right on the day and I'd say in probably more than more marathons than not have I had had like heartache but when the, the when the races have come right it's been incredible so I would say don't get disheartened it does take time you learn from every single one and many a time I thought perhaps the marathon wasn't for me. I'd been told by Mike Grattan, who I think you've interviewed on here. Yeah, Mike's been on the show, yeah, won the London Marathon in 1983, top guy. Yeah, so he he was the one that suggested that I should try and aim high with my running and he thought I could do 240 one day and it was because he's told me that he thought I could, that I believed it. 
but it took years to to achieve what he said and then better it um because I had many injuries along the way and I just say don't rush it you know if you're if you're at a really stressful um, point in your life, then perhaps don't choose a marathon. <laughs> Do something shorter. And then when you've got the time and the energy to give, then focus on the marathon. And yeah, be patient with it. It will come. And I'd say the more you do, the, the better you become because you learn so much from those. Jen, it's been a pleasure talking to you, having you on the show. We ask everybody this question because this is your weekly dose of running motivation. Are you ready? ready that's not the question by the way the, que- Far away. <laughs> the question is what does the word motivation mean to you it's what gets you up in the morning it's just yeah what drives you to achieve things that you never thought you could absolutely fantastic have a great rest of the day good luck in the mountain race make sure you Thank catch you. a cable car from the top back down very important <laughs> <Hope so. laughs> running with jake the podcast your weekly dose of running motivation out every wednesday never miss an episode by subscribing now now i know it doesn't seem like we spoke to jenny spink for very long but you'll be surprised to hear that ross braden has actually finished his marathon now he's done <laughs> he is wrapped up <laughs> and i caught up with him after the Wrexham Elite Marathon to see how he got on. Now, the signal is not the best, I have to say, but I figured, you know, poor lad, first marathon, absolutely broke himself. I can't really ask him to find, to move location to a better signal spot. <laughs> I'll tell you why that was. That was sweaty ear. That, you know, quite often when I'm using my phone and I've got a sweaty ear, the signal goes in and out and people moan about it. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it was sweaty. I guess he sweated a lot during the marathon and it was, I put that completely down to sweaty ear syndrome. Do you know, I didn't think of that, Pete. I thought it was down to lack of 5G signal, but no, clearly not. It's down to Ross's sweaty ear. Let's catch up with him now. Hello. Right, first question, are you fit, well and healthy? That's the important thing. Uh, I am fit, well and healthy and I have finished the marathon. Oh man, I it's so good to talk to you. I, I can't wait to find out how it went, Ross. I, I, I thought about you during my whole, the whole of my long run that I've just come back from, <laughs> which, which was probably a fraction of the pace you ran at. How did it go? So the first half, bang on 70, as as the plan. I think we went through on the dot. Um, then felt really, really good until I didn't. Um, got a, uh, a massive stitch at mile 21 from a dropped about a six-minute mile. Thought, this is it, I'm not going to finish. Wow. I can't, I can't. Just it happened a few times in training and I never managed to get past it. I thought, this is it, I'm done. Um, but then kind of rallied, got back to 5.20 and just maintained. So two twenty one fifteen. Wow! I mean that's I mean that is a staggering time. I know you were anchoring after two twenty. You wanted to kind of dip under two twenty, didn't you? Well, I mean, how do you feel? Absolutely loved it. I mean, miles not twenty were really great. Twenty one was horrible, and the rest of them were okay. But yeah, overall, absolutely loved it. Just uh, yeah, ready for uh, ready for the next one already. <laughs> Are you, are you in an ice bath as we uh, we have this chat, Ross? Or where are you? What are you doing? Chilling I'm, out? I'm, I'm, wait, I'm, I'm waiting for pubs to open. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you at all. What are you going to reward yourself with food-wise? What's going on? Come on, there must be something on your radar. Uh, fish and chips and some cider, I think. Oh, good man. I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you. What, I, I mean, overall, you must be really pleased with, with the outcome. And obviously, we're speaking to you pretty soon after the race. So I guess you're going to go through a whole mix of emotions and a reflection period and things. But how do you feel overall? I think before, if I said this time, I'd be like, oh, I'm a bit, bit disappointed. But actually, the way it went, 
like I got the best out of myself in the day. That's all you can do. And yeah, I'm actually, I actually loved it and delighted. So yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely awesome, Ross. You should be, and congratulations! About first marathon two twenty one. What have you? Is there a is there a kind of key takeaway that you got from the race, even in this early stages afterwards? Is there something that you learnt about marathon marathon training, marathon racing that you think? Do you know what? Next time, this. I think I maybe got a bit over eager at about eighteen. I thought, oh, this is this is easy. This is a doddle. I don't want everyone's worried about feel great and then it changes quickly so i think just being a bit more uh respect the distance maybe when are you likely to have another go at the uh the magical 26.2 miles ross is it too well, early to say or have you got anything on your radar well i'm and i entered to london um in september october whenever that is so i, I just want to do another one already <laughs> he's itching he's yeah. firing he, he's got the bug now He's firing on all yeah. cylinders and ready to go. Listen, it's absolutely awesome to chat to you, Ross. I really appreciate your time as well because I know it's not easy having raced a marathon in that time and then, st- you know, having to uh, to chat to us on the phone. So I really appreciate your time. Go and enjoy a nice cold pint. Enjoy your fish and chips. Rest up and we'll catch you soon. Cheers. Appreciate it, Jake. I was so happy for Ross on Sunday. I, I actually did my long run. So in between speaking to Ross and then catching up with him after the race I went out and did my long run and all I could think about was I wonder how Ross is getting on how's he getting on oh he must be into the he must be into the pain barrier now the pain zone running 26.2 miles just amazing and I'll t- tell you something as well it was real standout for me speaking to him when he mentioned about respecting the distance as a, as a takeaway respecting that race distance and that's something I think we can all learn you know not just in racing but in training as well paying a little bit of respect to certain distances I think can help you to train well and appropriately for them but also execute with logic and structure I think it's really important yeah absolutely it's a, it's a marathon for a reason isn't it it's a challenge it's a challenge a big challenge I mean I know nothing about this but if you get to mile 20 and you think yeah everything's fine you know by mile 21 that can completely change you say you know nothing about this people you can only play that non-running guy card for so long my friend and now it's time to take another one of your questions in hashtag ask jake uh, darren wants to know uh, how long he should hold his post run static stretches for darren is very good he does his stretches after his run but he wants to know how long to hold them for i think 30 seconds as a starting point darren is a really good duration I say as a starting point because I really believe that if you have specific muscle groups that are perhaps tighter than others, you know, kind of problem areas, maybe if you spend a lot of time in the day uh, sat down, then you typically get kind of uh, tight calves, tight hamstrings. They may be the areas you need to focus on. So hold those stretches for slightly longer. And I would suggest anywhere up to around a minute, really. And the advantage of that is it makes it really specific then to you. It's kind of tailoring your post-run stretch routine to you, which can be really helpful and it can help you to feel better for the rest of the day. So quick recap, 30 seconds is a minimum, but if you've got specific muscle groups that are tight, I would go anywhere up to 60 seconds. I hope that helps, Darren. Keep flexible, keep stretching, my friend. If you've got a question, it is hashtag AskJake or drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. You know, thinking about it, Pete, we should have maybe labelled this show as like the marathon special or something. We probably should have done that at the start of the show, shouldn't we? Because it's been a lot of talk about marathons, which is great. There has, yeah. And it's a good time for there to be a lot of talk about marathons as well, because all of a sudden marathons are back on the cards, it seems, which is great. So what we could do, right, is we did miss a trick. And we're not re-recording the start again, because we've got stuff to do. Stuff to do. Put it in the text. Put it in the name of the podcast. Call it something. 
appropriate. All right, leave it with me. I'm, I'm on that. that. I'm all over that. <laughs> you've been listening to Running With Jeg, the podcast, the marathon special. I hope you've yes. enjoyed today's show. I've managed to hold it together. I'm quite proud of myself. Don't feel too spacey. And now I'm off for a little lie down. Have a great rest of the week, whatever you're up to. Don't forget to subscribe to the Running With Jake podcast so you never miss an episode. Just use a little subscribe button on your mobile podcast app. We're out of here. That's it. Done. Oh, and one more thing. <laughs> you always point at me. Why do you always point at me? I know, I know I've got one more thing. I know, I know. Stop pointing. Dreams become goals, and goals become attainable once you write them down. Come on, get your pen. <laughs> <laughs>